Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's Word. We discuss what we have been fascinated by, meditating on, and uh, really being enriched in our hearts and our spirits uh, through God's Word with and uh, bring that to you. So this week we have Jamie Harms with us. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing pretty well. And yourself? I'm doing well. Well, good. let's be honest, Jamie. We're both very tired. We're tired. We're bo- <laughs> but, but we're good tired. <laughs> we are good tired. We are good tired. <laughs> yes, we've just been uh, in like Loopyville for the past couple minutes getting prepped for this episode. So, um, you know, reader beware or listener beware. Your mileage may vary this episode. Uh, not from anything Jamie says, Certainly, from what I have to say, um, but <laughs> Jamie, yeah, you are the women's director here at University yes. Fellowship Church, and uh, I like to just refresh everyone's mind every you know handful of episodes of who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do, I'll brag on you, so you don't have to do it yourself. You do an excellent job leading the women's ministry here, including the moms and and women through Bible studies mm-hmm. and all kinds of cool things. So right now, tell us where you're at right now in women's. Bible study, and then what you're bringing to us today on the episode. Certainly. So one of the greatest gifts I think that we have as believers is that we get to study God's Word together. And that's what we do with ladies. And so it's a lot of fun. And we have been going through the seven feasts that are listed in the uh, Old Testament in Leviticus 23. And uh, we're getting towards the end here. We've done Passover and Unleavened Bread and First Fruits, which are kind of our first set of feasts that we studied that really point to Christ's first coming and give us very tangible ways of seeing um, Jesus' uh, fulfillment of the Old Testament. And we've talked about the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, where um, this, the Holy Spirit has, was given. And so now, uh, tonight, today, we wanted to talk about uh, trumpets and the Feast of Atonement as they are starting to enter into this last set of feasts that really point to Christ's coming. And so, you know, just kind of thinking back to the the Hebrews when they were celebrating Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits, you know, they, it was all something that pointed to uh, an event that God showed them his faithfulness and then pointed forward to his character and saying, well, you can trust me for what's coming. And so I feel like with trumpets and atonement, we are kind of at that same place with the Hebrews and that um, we have different elements that we remember of back God's faithfulness, but then we cling to God's character for what's coming. Yeah. Even if we can't see it, Fully, it's still just that shadow of what is to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have been reminded of recently just the value of those two pieces, remembering what God's done mm-hmm. and remembering who God is. Yes. Because that is seems to be, at least for me, is oftentimes the guiding light for the unknown. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it, it reminds us that we can trust him even though we don't fully understand or know the details. Mm-hmm. And it gives us little hooks about what to look for, just like the Passover lamb in the Passover feast in Exodus foreshadowed the Passover lamb that we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's this these little hints of what is coming. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool. So what are we hinting at today with uh, with atonement and trumpets? And trumpets. So trumpets is fun because they're, I think it's trumpets are mentioned something like 200 times in scripture. Wow. And so all different kinds of events with trumpets. I know I t- said I wouldn't quiz you too much, but... <laughs> Um, can you think of an event with trumpets in the Ooh, Bible? Let me think. Uh, well, my daughter came home a couple weeks ago telling me about Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is one of our famous stories about trumpets, yes. and and th- that's just one example of 
trumpets in the in the fact that specifically with Jericho, there's victory. God mm-hmm. brings victory and he is the one doing the fighting. They're just blowing trumpets. And that blowing of that trumpet is declaring who their God is, who their king is. And so we do see over and over through scripture, we see trumpets being used to call for battle and as victory and, mm-hmm. and celebration. So um, those are a couple of examples. But we also see it with the priests. They use the trumpets to summon and gather people for mm. worship. And we see it uh, declaring a king, like in Solomon in in First First Kings, where the trumpets were blaring and declaring who was the next king. So there's all different kinds of ways that we see trumpets being used. And so I think that's what's kind of tying into what we're supposed to remember and how we're supposed to look forward. Because when we look back and we remember stories like Jericho, we remember stories of... Um, like victory, inauguration, mm-hmm. triumph. And exactly. Mm-hmm. We see God doing that faithfully through Scripture. And we know, because trumpets are also used in the New Testament, that mm-hmm. the trumpet sound and the twinkling of an eye, yeah. we will get to be with Christ. And that's part of his second coming. He's coming back and establishing his kingdom. He is victorious. Mm-hmm. And so we can trust, because we've seen him do it before, that he is going to do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's And it's... Uh, it's an unmistakable kind of call to arms, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. I think of, I've heard taps only a couple of times in my life, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, for any of you who have heard it or have been in the military, you, you just can't, I mean, it's so distinct and it's mm-hmm. loud and it's, there's an urgency about it. Yes. And so it seems like that might be uh, kind of the visceral modern uh, exposure to something like these trumpets that they're mm-hmm. playing that would, woo. Kind of wake you up and... <laughs> it would be recognizable. Yeah. You'd understand what it was. In fact, the trumpets that they used were shofars. Okay. And shofars are the horns of a ram. And so they have a very distinctive sound. In fact, one of the women brought in a shofar, and I don't think any of us could actually play it because it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty difficult. Yeah. But you know, the, the idea that these trumpets come from ram, come mm. from the strength of an animal... Um, that shows also depicts his victory. Yeah. But part of the celebration of trumpets, especially amongst the Jewish people, is they also remember the sacrifice of Isaac. Mm. Through That's where the ram's horns come from, because the ram okay. was provided in place of Isaac as a sacrifice. Yeah. And so, you know, all of that's kind of tied in with trumpets um, as it then leads directly into atonement. Wow. Mm-hmm. Again, just another example of that tapestry we've mm-hmm. talked about in weeks past of how God is weaving these little narrative elements through exactly. to say, look, look at this bigger picture I'm painting for you. Exactly. I am victorious and I am your sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which is very good news. <laughs> <laughs> it is good news. Because um, part of what Trumpets does is it sets up the 10 days leading up to atonement. Mm-hmm. And so the the tradition is that your name is written either in the book of life or the book of death on trumpets. Mm. And you have 10 days of reflection and repentance and and praise that then lead to atonement where your fate is essentially sealed in one oh, of wow. those books. And so that particular element is not specific to scripture, but mm-hmm. that's traditionally what the Jews have done. And so it... It shows that there, even with trumpets, there's an element of judgment because mm-hmm. when that trumpet sounds, judgment is going to happen. Yeah, um, and, and and we do need a time of self reflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and repentance. I mean, we were talking, uh, joking earlier before the episode about 
the parable of the ten virgins and yes. just that um, that preparation of heart, mm-hmm. that looking forward, the vigilance. Um, I don't remember who said it. It may have been Brett or 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 maybe a variety of ways mm-hmm. or places that I've been listening to people preach lately. But um, somebody was saying that uh, you know this life is the the most amount of heaven that somebody who is destined for hell is going to get. Exactly. And mm-hmm. this is the most amount of hell for those who have put their trust in Christ mm-hmm. is going to get. And I think sometimes we can have that sense of, well, it's just another day. I'm going to kind of do what I want to do, mm-hmm. live the life I want to live. And like, I'll get my life in order, you know, eventually. <laughs> but you hear those trumpets sound, you think about that mm-hmm. um, and the the urgency that's there and and that when Christ returns, this this mm-hmm. is that's a wrap. It's a wrap on things. Exactly. And and one of the things that we talked about with the ladies that Becky had mentioned was this earth is our training ground for heaven. Mm. You know, the things that we do now affect heaven. You know, mm. we're to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And and so, you know, it does connect because this is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is the worst it's gonna get, but it is tied, it's not. It's tied to heaven, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not separate and mm-hmm. distinct. Yeah, there is a sense of, um, of yeah, Jesus explaining, "Store up your treasures in heaven, where where floth or floth, moth. <laughs> moth and flame, floth, <laughs> floth and robbers." Um, <laughs> you know, where it's incorruptible, it can't be exactly taken away, and so there's mm-hmm. a sense of we're storing something up mm-hmm. for the next life, and and the idea of you know casting our crowns before the Lord and exactly. those kinds of images we see. Well, and part of that is it's tied in with being in God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is here on earth currently, but he's coming to establish it in its yeah. finality coming. And so, you know, the things that we're doing now will affect the kingdom mm-hmm. when it's fully established. Yeah, that now but not yet. The now but not yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what is what is the practical takeaway on on these two specific mm-hmm. festivals or feasts? So one of the things with atonement um, is that it is very much focused, the one day that they're commanded to fast. Mm. So there's the fast and the feast. Um, and it's really focused on kind of their sin mm-hmm. and all the whole list of things that they had to do to atone for their sin. And we don't have that as New Testament believers because we have Christ who has done all of that for us. Mm-hmm. So while it is still a a reflection and a time for repentance on our own sin, it's actually a celebration of God's extravagant grace. Wow. Because while we, uh, just like the Hebrew people, see it as the sealing of their fate, mm-hmm. we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians. Yeah. And, and so we have his seal upon us and our name in the book of life. And so I do think... There is benefit in taking time to reflect on our our own sin mm-hmm. <laughs> and repent of that, and it in turn makes the atonement that we have that at one mint um, with Jesus so much more beautiful. Because it's not just penalty for our sin, but it's also a way that we become at one with Him. There's a, a withness because of what Christ has done. Yeah, and so it's it's more than just a one time event. <laughs> yeah, there is a. Uh, cavalier or glibness, we could approach that with if we're forgetful. Mm-hmm. But I do, I mean, scripture tells us, confess your sins to one another and you'll yep. be healed. And so there is a, there's a very right now piece of 
of atonement that we can appreciate mm-hmm. every single day. You know, his mercies are new every single every day. Morning. Yep. And so there is, uh, I think, great value in taking the yes. time and going, okay, I'm going to reflect on this. And it it draws our minds back to the what the gospel has done, what Christ has mm-hmm. done through the gospel. And hopefully, um, hopefully forms our attitudes and behaviors for the future. Mm-hmm. Because I think of... Um, you know, the, the one who's been forgiven much will forgive much and the parable of the two debtors and mm-hmm. these examples of, you know, if you're, if you're forgetful, if you're not thinking of the sins and these kinds of pieces, I think you tend to detach from the gravity of what Christ did. Mm-hmm. You know, if sin's not a big deal, the cross isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then Christ mm-hmm. isn't a big deal. Exactly. And so, you know, I, maybe that's the takeaway that, that you had mentioned, that to take that time and to reflect on the sin in our own hearts and minds and maybe ask God to even show it to you. Mm-hmm. And then rejoice in the fact that he has provided a way that those sins are paid for and that you get to be with him. Yeah. Yep. That is good news. Indeed. Again, another week of uh, drawing out such valuable and timely gems out of Old Testament feast of all Old places. Old Testament feast, Leviticus, man. You yeah, read it. Yeah, good stuff. That shows all you guys <laughs> who are thinking, "What's in Leviticus? I don't want to read about all those laws." Well, I didn't either, but Jamie has shown us that there's there's a great richness there. So thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. All right, we will get you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.